Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's week six with the Gen Nation pod, and we're ready to get after it. One of your hosts here, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. And I'm joined by my usual co-host, my usual suspects, Mr. Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS on Twitter is where you can find him and the Godfather himself, the one and only Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13. And my oh my. We got a great show for you guys today. It's week six. We got a lot in the bank, so we got plenty to talk about. It's going to be lit, right, Maddie? Yeah, I, I can't wait to dive into this with you guys. Uh, we already talked some little bit in the in the DMs before earlier today, and I think me and Kevin are pretty uh, in disagreement on a, on a couple things. So this this should be an inter- ex- exciting show, entertaining oh, show. Oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> Already in disagreement. I can't wait to chop it up. And, of course, you know, as Kev u- usually does, he has to make his grand entrance. So he's letting us start it off right now, and, and he'll come in maybe around that time. But for those of you guys who are listening to us, we appreciate that. Hopefully you're subscribed to the channel on your podcast software on Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Stitcher, what have you. We really appreciate that. Rate and review the podcast. We we do appreciate all the love that we've been getting. And if you're watching us on YouTube, on Periscope, we really appreciate all the comments that have been coming in all year. We appreciate everybody who's been coming in and uh, interacting with us. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Just type in the Fantasy Authority. You can subscribe if you're watching it. You see it right there on the bottom of the screen. That's where you can get all of our video content. We got a weekly waiver show that is every Sunday night, an early waiver show. So for you guys that are trying to get those, trying to make those adjustments to your rosters early, definitely catch that. Also a weekly start shit start sit show it always always gets me it always gets me kev always says that weekly start and sit show um on wednesdays so that's been maybe you're doing maybe you're doing both hey maybe you're doing both if you need sitting on the throne start your start your lineup papa squat um man too funny but yeah those are on wednesdays live as well so hopefully you guys are tuning into that. But let's get into the DFS slate, Maddie. We got week six, and I man, it's Thursday when we usually do this. And I thought we were gonna make it the whole week before we had any, you know, things that were going to arise to kind of ruffle the feathers. And here we go again. Uh, Atlanta's dealing with some issues there. They're supposed to be playing Minnesota, which, you know, everything was pointing to that game being bananas. And so now we have to wait and see. It sounds like. There were multiple tests at first. Now it seems like there's only one test and it wasn't even a player. So they kind of were keeping the facility closed, but they were still doing their meetings and everything like that. It sounds like a similar case that we've seen before and that the game should still be played. 
Um, we get Cam Newton back this week from COVID. So that's been, you know, that's going to be fun to see him back on the field. No Le'Veon Bell for the Jets. He was released. Now he signed with the Chiefs. That happened earlier today. So he's off the slate. And it's just crazy, Maddie. I feel like we've talked about this time and time again, especially me and you doing these paired shows. But the scoring this year has been outrageous. And that's really what we're trying to hone in on from a DFS perspective. And I'm looking through the implied team totals this week and I'm like, okay, we get an 11 game slate. So that should be nice. Where are the spots that we're going to look through? And I'm looking at these implied team totals. I see, you know, 27, 27.25, 27.25. Hell, the Miami Dolphins and the Packers both have the same implied total. And it's just crazy. You have an 11 game slate, but 10 teams have implied totals of 27. So, uh, Maddie, as we get into QBs and everything like that, like, you know, how are you dealing with stuff this year with these games being so high scoring that we're able to kind of just cherry pick? It seems like, you know, you can get Chase Claypool over here who that game didn't look enticing, but hey, the scoring made it so. Um, uh, so many relevant things are happening with these games. And and I guess maybe because there was no preseason, the defenses are a little bit weaker. So more points are able to be had. Yeah, not only the defense is weaker, but with no fans in the stands, there's not really a, ro- a home advantage. And, you know, teams can take advantage of hard counts and snap counts and all that. Uh, you don't have to go to a silent snap count. You, so you've got less false start penalties that, you know, ruin drives. So there's just a lot of different factors, you know, that have kind of pointed in the direction of, offensive arrows pointing up but yeah I mean you said it. it's it's like game stacks are have been the like what's taking down tournaments this year and you've got to you know try to find three or four different guys from from a game um, and hope that game goes nuclear and, and that's been you know the tournament winning lineups so uh, what I've what I've been trying to do over the last couple of weeks is really pick out uh, three games since, you know, I play, I like to play three teams, pick out three games that I really, really like in terms of uh, back and forth air attacks potential and load up on those. And if I've got, you know, five or six different ones that I'm looking at, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to force myself to play the three lowest owned because yeah. I feel like, I feel like I can predict running back success easier than I can, you know, which wide receiver is going to explode here or there. So just, you know, give me, give me a QB and two or three of his receivers. And if the QB goes off, then I don't have to really, you know, figure out, okay, well, which receiver is it going to be? Is it going to be Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be one or the other? So like last week I played Deshaun with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Luckily I got the Brandon Cooks explosion game at, at 9% owned. Um, right. So it's just, you know, getting exposure to, to game stacks like that. And, and we'll talk about the specific ones this week, but that's really where I've been um, focusing my attention to, um, for tournaments this year. Yeah, man, I, I, I hear you there. And, and definitely it, it all starts with the quarterback, right? So let's kind of just peel back the layers here of quarterback. And I know you have a lot to unpack there. So I'll, I'll start it off with mine uh, as we get in here. And, you you know, the I didn't feel myself getting to this place, but um, St- Matthew Stafford, I, I feel like a, a lot's been talked about him already thus far this week. Um, in that game uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's a it's on the later slate, but you're looking at the team total there. Uh, points supposed to be scored about 54, 53 and a half, I think it opened at. And there's just so much fantasy goodness to have there with the way the Jacksonville defense has been playing. And we said that. Look at this. This is unbelievable. He just comes in here and he just gets it going. 
What's up, boys? You all right? Hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm doing. You got, you got something to be excited about in Kansas City? I don't know. I'm doing fucking fantastic, boys. Fucking the Chiefs just signed Le'Veon Bell. Let's fucking go. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. I, I, I love this guy. He's he's too funny. Um, we were just talking about Matthew Stafford, Kev. I know how much you love him this week as well. I do. I do. He's a much better player than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> oh, boy. Get right, right into it. That's fine. Get right into it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to Matthew Stafford against this Jacksonville team that's just been giving up points in bunches. He he will be a popular quarterback, uh, but I still like getting to him. But the other quarterback that I really like uh, getting to this week is just Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you're looking at the numbers that he's putting up on DraftKings, which I, I kind of had to do a double take. I couldn't believe it. But he's got like 20 points in four straight games, 25 points. And, and he's doing it without having to throw for multiple touchdowns because he's ran in a touchdown in two out of the last four games that they've played in. Uh, they find themselves in negative game scripts. So he's throwing. They find themselves in positive game scripts against the 49ers. And he's still able to to pay off there. And, and I'm looking at his his distribution of targets there. And really, you know, it's going to Devontae Parker at the top. He's the alpha. And then, you know, sprinkled in with Preston Williams and Mike Gusecki and things of that nature. So you can you can pair this guy in, in favorable matchups here. And we'll talk about it at wide receivers. But I, I'm, I'm liking getting to uh, Fitzpatrick this week. Everybody against the Jets, right? And, and uh, I got run back option as well at the wide receiver end, too. But, uh, Maddie, why don't you, you know, Kev already came in here. He opened up Pandora's box. So. Why don't you let us where you're at and and what you're leading to on the week six DFS QB slate for the main slate? I okay, so everybody's always like, you know, this. What has this guy done weeks one through five? Blah blah blah. We know the ceiling Lamar Jackson has. Uh, eight of his fifteen games last year was over thirty points. Uh, three of those fifteen went over thirty five points. Yeah, he has not, you know, hit that ceiling yet this year, but he really hasn't needed to because, you know, the teams on the other side haven't pushed him. Um, now, that's not saying that Philly is going to come out and score a million points against Baltimore, but they're certainly capable of keeping pace better than, you know, the teams that, that Baltimore's faced so far. But it's a guy, you know, I don't get the week one through five fantasy points that he got when I roster him in week six. I get his week six fantasy points. And if he's going to be out there, he was full practice already, uh, you know, all the stacks that are in good spots this week, if you look at all the QBs, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers is priced up, Lamar's priced up, uh, Stafford's priced up, Minshew's priced up, Deshaun Watson's priced up, Big Ben's priced up. Like, DraftKings did a really good job. Not only the quarterbacks, but their receivers are all priced up too. And so, like, now the gap, it's not like, you know, normally we get all these guys that I just mentioned are, are around 6K and Lamar's at, like, 7.3, 7.4, where there's, a, you know, a bigger gap and not as much of, you know, the salary cap um, being needed. But you look at all the wide receiver guys in these stacks you want to play, and they cost a lot of money to, to get to them. So it's, you know, I'm getting the, arguably the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. For, I have to pay for him, but I don't see anybody else who can go out there and, you know, score 35 points like Lamar can. We've seen, you know, he's been very close connecting with Marquise Brown on, on these deep shots and managers has caught, uh, dropped a couple of passes here and there. And the Eagles have given it up to tight ends, especially in the touchdown department. 
I just, man, it's just such an easy stack with the Ravens, Marquise and, and Mandrews, and it's the obvious too that he's gonna that he's gonna hit if he has a big day. And then you can run it back with with uh, Fulgham on the other side, who's taking over the X role in Philly. So it's a pretty easy game stack. Vegas, you know, they have it at a 40, 48, I think is the last I saw it, and it's about a touchdown spread. So yeah, and nobody's playing Lamar. I you know I I like to play stacks like I mentioned, try to play the ones that are you know a little bit lower owned. And if Lamar was was popular this week, uh, I wouldn't really be on him, but. Last week he had a knee injury. You know, he didn't really practice. He was also sick. And there was, you know, uh, word went around that he was dealing with a death. Of somebody he knows passed away on Sunday morning or something. So it was kind of a weird week for him. And he only ran two times. I'm not expecting that to continue. So, uh, yeah, I really, really, really like Lamar and think he's got the highest ceiling out of the entire slate. So definitely going to pay up for him at lower ownership. What a fish. <laughs> fish <move. laughs> Send head to heads. I, I get everything you just said. He he certainly has the highest upside of any quarterback on this slate, and I'm not denying that. But at 7,700 and how he's played this year, if this was a different team that they were going to be playing, right, or this was an Eagles offense that was at full strength, I would likely agree. But the Eagles aren't. They're not going to need to throw the ball, which they don't throw the ball that much. They're, they're actually 27th in attempts, uh, average about 27 attempts per game. Does not have a 300-yard game on, on the season. He's only averaging 189 passing yards per game. So if he's going to get there, he's going to have to get there through rushing volume. Still is number one in the league in carries uh, in car- and number two in carries per game among quarterbacks. I'm not going to bank on that because... To me, I don't see this as a game where he's going to be able to go out and throw four or five touchdowns. If they're not throwing the ball, which I, if this team's, I don't think that the, the Eagles' defense is good enough to keep this uh, a close game. But I feel like this game looks much more like a twenty-four to twenty, twenty-four seventeen type of game. Did you the just Eagles- see what what Ben and Claypool just did to this defense last week? Yeah, <laughs> but I, their yeah. pass defense is horrendous. They have no good cornerbacks other than Slay. And Hollywood can he can outrun Slay easily, and is yeah. he like is Slay yeah. even playing? Is he he's because he's, he's banged I, up. He I think he was limited in practice today, from what I saw with the concussion. He's not, but the problem is, is though, but we're we're comparing Big Ben and Lamar Jackson as passers, and I don't think that's really fair. Lamar Jackson is I still don't think is a great passer. I think he's adequate. I think what 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 makes him so special is his ability to run and get outside of the pocket and use his legs. And that keeps sure. defenses honest. But in terms of just a pure passer, like, like that's just not his game. He's not accurate. Like he is, you know, we talked about, you know, deep ball and stuff like that. He has been horrendous this year as a deep ball passer. And it's not because he's not throwing deep balls. He is 12th in the league at deep ball attempts, but he is 29th in deep ball completion percentage. Like, so, so is it Lamar Jackson's fault? Or is it Marquise Brown's fault that he hasn't hauled in a lot of them? Like, I have questions about this. And this was something that people had talked about with him is how is he going to progress as a passer? And so far, he really hasn't. And it doesn't look like the Ravens uh, really believe that either because essentially they're still not throwing the ball that much. I mean, against the Chiefs, they trailed that entire game, and he looked completely lost. Uh, He only had, what, 96 yards passing in that game when they were behind the entire game. I just don't think the game script's going to be there. I think they're going to try to run the ball. And, yes, if Lamar Jackson gets 100 yards rushing, which is certainly possible with him, but you know, the, my problem is that he costs so much money. You are paying the tip of the, the – the t- 
He's he is the number one quarterback <laughs> on the slate, right? In terms of in terms right. of price. And that is my problem. I would rather pay down for these other quarterbacks and save the fourteen hundred dollars and get in some of these other guys that I think that are in good spots. Like I want to play Devontae Adams this week. I want to play Adam Thielen this week. You can't do that by paying up for, for Lamar Jackson. And if he doesn't hit 35 fantasy points, it, he's not a good play. If he gets you 27, it's not a good play. That's still good fantasy points, but it's not good for what his price tag is. So points per dollar play, that's the only problem I have with them. Like I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from with with, with the the ceiling and stuff like that, but we, there's nothing to go off of right now to say that 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 what he's done through five games doesn't give you any confidence. That all of a sudden, yes, we can talk about all he did last year, and that's great. But this is this is 2020, and he hasn't done that yet. And so, can he do it? Sure. Is it in the range of possibilities? Yes, but I don't think it's a high probability outcome. And if it's not, and if he only gets me 25 or 28 fantasy points, they, that's not good. That's, that's that's not what I'm looking for, that you're not going to win a, a tournament like that. So for me, if if, it, if it's not going to be there, the only way you can possibly believe that it is is if the Eagles can keep this game close. And I don't know if they can at where, at where they're coming from and how many points they are, how, how this Eagles de- uh, offense looks. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like Deshaun Jackson's going to be back. There, it looks like they're going to be out here running Travis Fulgham again, and Miles Sanders, and and these guys, Zach Ertz, right? And so, if they don't have the the, the weapons to keep up with the Ravens, the Ravens can easily get in, you know, a couple rushing touchdowns, get ahead, and they're not going to throw the ball. So he's not going to get the five touchdowns that that we're looking for here. So we'll see. But I can't use what happened against what Pittsburgh did because these are two totally different teams that are built totally different. Like, like my, I said, but- my counterpoint, my counterpoint to the he's not going to need to to throw or he's not going to be able to throw five touchdowns. Last year when they beat Miami, fifty nine to ten, he threw five touchdowns. Last year when they beat the Rams, forty five to six, he threw five touchdowns. Last year when they beat the Jets, forty two to twenty one, he threw five touchdowns. He threw for one game over three hundred yards last year, one game, and he still scored over thirty fantasy points in over half of the games he played in. It's because of the efficiency of the touchdowns and the rushing upside that we're talking about. And until last week, which we talked about, you know, was kind of a weird week. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw that out as an anomaly. I, I, I don't think right. last week is, is the true, you know, the true Lamar. And I don't think, you know, the offensive coordinator is just going to say in the middle of the year, okay, let's just switch to, we're just going to pass now and Lamar's not going to run. Cause that's, that's not how they're built. And you can't just run into the teeth of the defense with running backs against Philly. Like, you have to get outside the pocket with a running back or pat, or throw the ball downfield. Like, that's how you beat the Eagles. And I think that, you know, we've seen seven, nine, 16 rush attempts from Lamar in, th- in different games this year. And I think we get back to, you know, the eight to 10 rush attempt range. And he's always got, he's always dangerous enough. We saw it in week one. He housed a 60 yard touchdown run. Like, that's what he does. And, you know, I'm not banking on him throwing 300 yards, but he definitely has four touchdown upside regardless of the game script and yeah. the rush volume right. is there. Right. So I, I know, but I, like, this is like I said, like I can't bake on what he did last year for what he's doing this year. Like he, it just hasn't been there. And and so he's been, he's been fine. He like, he's, he's had some good weeks where he scored 27. I think that's as high that he's hit, but like, that's not enough for, for what you're paying for, for Lamar Jackson. That's fair. But my argument is we haven't seen a ceiling yet this year. And I want to, I want to get it when nobody else has it. When he's but don't you feel a, like then you're just chasing it? Like you're 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 just chasing no, that. I feel like I feel like I'm out ahead. I feel like I'm in front because nobody's playing him now. If 
if 15 or 20% of the field was on Lamar this week, I would be off completely because there are red flags, you know, but since he's going to be probably the seventh, eighth, ninth highest owned quarterback because of how much he costs and everybody wants to play Devonte Adams. Everybody's going to jam in Madison. Like, did you play him last week? No, I didn't because he would, he missed, pra- he missed practice. Uh, he had that illness. There was, it was just, you know, and I think last week the pricing was better for the cheaper quarterbacks. Yeah. Like this week, I, we've I seen this, last week. <clears throat> yeah, like this week, we've seen all the receivers, like I said, in all the stacks. Like, if you want to stack any of these guys, these quarterbacks, all their pass catchers are priced up this week. DraftKings did a good job with that. So it's, it's a different dynamic in terms of getting to the stacks you want. And the last point I'll make on Lamar is yes, you're paying 77 or whatever 100 for him. But at the same time, his wide receiver one is 6,500. Whereas if you flip that with a, a top QB, you know, who's 6,500 gets a top wide receiver that's 7,500. It's it's the same kind of 2v2. You're just getting – you're just paying it for it at a different position. So. Right. And, and you know, I, I do think I, – I, I honestly agree with Kev here that um, I don't know if you need to pay off on him just yet because – maybe because I felt burned by him because I've played Lamar a lot. Um, as Contrary Play talked about him last week in the, in the Contrary 10, but – um, you know, r- rushing for three yards, that's an anomaly. That's not going to happen again. That's ridiculous. Um, and the running backs are just ass there. I mean, you know, J.K. Dobbins, I think, will be good when he gets the share. But, you know, you can't trust what they're doing there. Mark Ingram's only getting 11 carries a game. Then you got Gus Edwards, who's getting 10 to 8 carries a game. And then you, they're run- rotating in Dobbins, but they're not getting, you know, but 40 or 50 yards at most out of these guys. And so they're still relying on L- Lamar to throw. And if every if every freaking down was first down for Lamar, this dude would be money. Because his first down numbers are are incredible when you look at him. And then after that, he's just not able to make throws. So um, it has been concerning with Lamar. I don't know if I'll, I'll be able to get to him because we have so many other players, other positions. But, Kev, I wanted to toss it to you because if you're not playing that price tag at Lamar and there's two other 7K quarterbacks, everybody else is in the 6K range or below. Like, who are you looking at playing um, to get upside this week? Well, you guys already talked about Matt Stafford. I absolutely love Matt Stafford in this game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is, is already trash, and it's it's even more beat up. They continue to lose players um, along that defensive side. So I, I like Matt Stafford quite a bit. He has not really had a, a monster game yet last week against – looks like we were heading there the, before their bye against, against the Saints. Murray um, what he started out with those two touchdowns uh, to start off the game, and then right. they kind of went a little bit contra- – or they went a little bit uh, – they slowed it down. The pace wasn't as high, and they, he didn't really get there. But I love Stafford this week against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I think Kirk Cousins against Atlanta. The, the only the, the question mark I only had there is, are they if because if the Vikings get up quickly and it's like a twenty-one nothing game, they're not going to throw the ball. They're going to like, so that is the concern with right. Kirk Cousins is can Atlanta push them? Um, I'm hoping that we get a motivated Atlanta team now that they've fired Dan Quinn, which is a lot what we see from from a lot of teams. So if they can, that is my only concern with Kirk Cousins this week is can Atlanta keep it close? Because if they can or if Atlanta can get a lead, this is an absolute smash spot for Kirk Cousins at 6,100. He played pretty well last week uh, going against Seattle. But again, they got up early in that game and then they they were able to not, you know, kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and lean on Alexander Madison, which we'll talk about. Uh, and, and the running back position now that Dalvin Cook looks to be out. 
Um, you know, past that, you know, you talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think you could definitely do that. Ryan Fitzpatrick has looked pretty good this year. It's pretty crazy. Since week seven of last year when he took back over, he is the quarterback three uh, from That's then to, the, to now uh, on that point uh, <laughs> since then. Like, it's it's insane that he has played that well. You know, like, there's this part of me that wants to play Nick Foles, but I can't do it. Uh <laughs> against Carolina, like it's a great, right. good matchup. Uh, or Carolina's defense is terrible; it's trash. We know that, but trusting Nick Foles is uh, ridiculous, especially a fifty-eight hundred dollar uh, Nick Foles. So, you know, other than that, like I think Cam Newton, I think is an interesting play at sixty-five hundred. Now that he's back, uh, you know, he has that rushing upside. And against Denver's defense, I'm not really all that concerned with Denver's defense. So I do like I have, I have a little bit of uh, I like him just a little bit. But for me, mainly my main two guys is going to be Stafford and Cousins this week. Yeah, I I, I like that, uh, Kevin. I do agree with you. Like I I wanted to write down Cousins too, but it just it just kind of feels like uh, I don't know if the volume is going to be there. Are you interested in in Matt Ryan there on the other side at all, knowing that he's had around like forty attempts because this team has just gotten into situations where they need to either play from behind or they've gotten up so big that he's gotten there already. Um, and he's 6,600. He kind of, you know, maybe we get Julio back here who's cheap this week and we'll talk about him, but Calvin Ridley's been there and he, he's just, he's still throwing like D gaff mode there and he's 6,600. I don't know how you felt about him. Cause I really haven't gotten to any builds with him yet. I would rather play the other guys. I'd rather play Stafford or Cousins than, than play Matt Ryan. I think it is going to be a huge key if they can have Julio Jones or not. Like he has since really since Julio Jones hasn't been there, like they just don't look like the same offense because Julio Jones opens up so much. Just his presence being out there and the resources that that teams put at him, it opens up the rest of the field for guys like Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley. Like I love Calvin Ridley, but I don't think that Cal- like Calvin Ridley to me is not like an alpha wide receiver. He is a, a an elite wide receiver too, and I think he needs somebody to draw some of that coverage away from him. And so if, if he can't, then that that's my concern with Matt Ryan. And he's sixty six hundred. Like if I'm gonna pay, if I'm gonna pay up at that price, I. You know, I'll play Big Ben. I'll play Deshaun Watson. You know, guys like that, or, or even an Aaron Rodgers, uh, who yes. has been absolutely nuclear. If I'm going to pay up to that kind of price, I'd rather go there than pay than play Matt Ryan. Yeah. So before we move on to running backs, we have to kind of talk about this. We got on the afternoon slate, uh, Green Bay going into Tampa. Matt Ryan again, or Matt Ryan, uh, Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers going up there, and you, you know. Aaron Rodgers is priced up here. You got him at 7,500 for what he's been able to do um, here against this team who's going against a a defense that is very stout against the run. So you think that Aaron Rodgers will have to be responsible for some scoring there. But then on the other side, you got Tom Brady, and he's down at 6,500, which just kind of really fits in nicely between the guys that you're talking about, Kev, like $200 more than Stafford um, and, you know, cheaper than Rodgers by 1,000. Uh, cheaper than Lamar by 1200 and it's Tom Brady like you know are we trusting this backfield like Ronald Jones can't catch passes so he's not getting invited to dinner meals with with the Brady family and uh, Fournette could be back I guess I'm not sure where he's at in in his status realm at this point on Thursday but um, you know we get Chris Godwin maybe not Mike Evans but Chris Godwin being back and He's it's still Tom Brady. Like if he needs to throw, he can go out there and do it for sixty five hundred. Yeah, it's going to be huge getting uh, Chris Godwin back. It sounds like he is going to be good to go. Uh, he practiced again today. 
Leonard Fournette is also practicing, so um, he sounds like he's going to be back, which is just going to be another mess of a committee. But yeah, I I don't I don't hate Tom Brady. Um, I mean, I, I guess we could talk about we get to wide receivers, but Mike Evans, uh, if he didn't have the touchdowns, Mike Evans has been terrible this year. Yeah, like he's not getting the yardage at all. Um, it's just that he's been he's been carried by the touchdowns that he's. I think he has what five touchdowns on the year. Right. So it's just not been uh, great for him, but. I do think having Chris Godwin back out there is going to be huge for this offense. Um, I assume that Jair Alexander would probably be on Mike Evans, yep. I would think. That's yep. a, which, yeah. And Jair Alexander has been uh, fantastic this year. He's really um, good. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited just for that game. Uh, maybe not so much for from a DFS perspective, but um, I do I like some pieces from that game. But I, I don't know if I'll see myself game stacking, game stacking that one. But I do love this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. To I watch. love the idea yeah, of game stacking it. It's the highest total of the week, and it's a one point spread. So, right. I mean, there's a a good chance it could just be back and forth all game long. Um, and I mean, Tampa Bay is a pass funnel; can't run on them. So, any production that you get from the running backs is likely going to be through the air. So, um. I like, you know, Rodgers and obviously Adams. And then Valdez Scantling's cheap, 4,600. And even week one, uh, he got 39% of the air yards and 15% of the targets. Um, and that's what that, – those numbers have held steady through week uh, through week four. So, yeah, I – and you run it, like you guys said, run it back with Godwin. I, re- I really like that game stack. And nobody's going to play it because yeah. of how expensive Rodgers and Adams are. Like I, th- I think you see a lot of at one- Adams one-offs is what I think you see. Right. Nobody's going right. to pair Rodgers with Adams. But if the Bucks keep it close, man, I mean, Tampa Bay, we know they like to run the ball, and you can run on Green Bay. So, like, if they have just efficient drives and, and Goblin picks up chunk plays and scores a touchdown, yeah, I, I really like that game stack a lot. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that we're talking about that, and we'll get to that at, at wide receivers. Um let, let's talk about running backs here. And, and Matty, you had some interesting uh, guys to play at, at running back. So I, I want to touch on yours first. Um, and, you know, we got Alexander Madison on this slate. And shout out to DraftKings for holding back the prices and the unleashing uh, what is $7,200 Ale- Alexander Madison on what was looking like Madison week, um, getting him at like, you know, probably 5500 or maybe even 6 k flat or something yeah. like that um, before they released the prices. And then I said, but I tweeted it out, man. I mean, just watching this guy play, like, I don't care what his price is. This dude is bananas. Like, get him into lineups like I, I just got to find find a way to get him in. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about before I open it up to you, Maddie, was just, you know, this Duke Johnson, you know, in line for a bigger role. I saw a lot of chatter going out on the Twitter sphere about how they want to start getting Duke Johnson involved. And how many times have we heard this or seen this before? But it is a new coach there. Um, it is kind of a new regime, so to speak. And he comes in at like the flat 4K price, I believe, on DraftKings. And so if he does have a role, I thought that that was interesting. But um, let's talk about these running backs and let's open it up. I know Madison was one of yours, but the other two guys I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. Yeah, so the thing with Madison I want to touch on real quick. Um, I mean, if this was Dalvin Cook at 7,200 and was going to be the highest owned running back on the slate by a good margin, like he's going to be north of 30%, would we be sitting here saying Dalvin Cook is a lock? Like you have to just eat the ownership in tournaments and play that. Or would we be saying, and there's, you know, that that game, you know, I mean, that game could really slow down if, you know, Gurley gets going on one side and Madison, you know, or – Dalvin Cook, 
if he, you know, has a solid game on the other side, but like there's paths to where those guys, you know, score low twenties and at 30% ownership. I don't know, man, I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I just, I feel like it's definitely worth talking about though, because a lot of people are just going to start their team with Madison because it's, Oh, the new shiny toy that I got this week. He's, he's going to fill in for Dalvin cook. Right. And, And it's just like, man, he's 7,200. Like he's got to score close to 30 points to absolutely burn me at that price. Because if I play him, I can't load up on, on air attacks. I can't play Devonte Adams. Really? I can't stack him with Aaron Rodgers. I can't play any of the 6k wide receivers. I can't pay up a tight end. Like there's just a lot of things you can't do if you pay 7,200 for a running back. Um, right. Especially not playing Lamar either, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to play so Andrew. It, yeah, and so it's it's a, it really this really is a tough week, and you've got to make some tough decisions. And so, like, I won't fault you if you play Madison, but I definitely see you know I probably will be underweight myself, um, just yeah. because the the builds that I like currently is they're all high price stacks, and I'm going to end up not paying that much for a running back. And if I did, why not just play Mike Davis, who it consistently is scoring twenty five to thirty points. Right. Who was like close to 30 percent owned last week. Um, yeah. But he's been doing the same thing week in right. and week out. Uh, just the matchup was he's, so great. He literally is CMC Jr. in that offense. Yeah. Like it's it's just the role. So, yeah. So I I like obviously like both of those guys up top, if you can afford them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, we've seen him get a lot of carries when they play with a lead. They're eight point yep. favorites at home against a bad Cincinnati run defense. 6,400 is a little easier to swallow than 7,200. Um, he's a guy that I realistically can see, you know, going out. And you're going to need 100 yards and probably two scores for him to, to reach tournament value. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he's scoring touchdowns on a weekly basis anyways. And this is a, as good a matchup as it's going to get to, you know, reach the 100-yard threshold. And I definitely see a path to him scoring multiple touchdowns here. Um, so, yeah, this is a game script because he that favors him. Um, he's been kind of scripted out in their, their recent games as they've been kind of back and forth or trailing. Um, so this is definitely a, a game script that fits him. And then the other one is uh, David Montgomery, 80% snap share. Uh, he's seen, what, six and nine targets the last two weeks without Tariq Cohen. He's getting the Cohen targets. They're not taking him right. off the field, essentially. It's 5,800 against Carolina. You don't really need any more of a reason to, to play him. Um, he will be popular just because of his price tag, but – like I said, I'm going the route of playing contrarian air attacks, so I'm going to eat the chalk with a cheaper Montgomery. So that's just kind of how my builds are taking me. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there, Maddie. And, uh, you know, I, st- I started seeing traction get on Montgomery, and you do love that he is getting targets and because this, you know – is it a is it a letdown spot for him? You know, can Foles be good enough to kind of get it moving, or are we going to see what we saw from the Thursday night game against Tampa, where you know he just isn't able to get it done? Even though it is a favorable matchup, they are still on the road. I think I would like it a little bit more if they the Bears were at home, they were favored. But I do get trying to get some salary relief there for Montgomery when they do, you know if they can't get in the red zone, he should be involved. But JT, yeah, I think that's huge, and I saw that DJ Reader going to be out for Cincinnati. I think they're dealing with a couple other injuries on and, their front line. And the well. Colts are getting Constanza back on offensive line too. Okay. Yeah. So that's big for them. Yeah, that's huge. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the touches just aren't where they should be with this guy. Right. And we thought yeah. that after Marlon Mack went down, we saw what happened in week two that, okay, this is great. Like they're going to unleash this rookie, but they're still Naheem, Naheem Hines is seeing the field and Wilkins is seeing the field and they're just limiting him. But 
they've also, you know, been in some situations where they had have had to not need them. They they could just get up. And so um, that does concern me a little bit in this game. But at that price tag, if it does stay competitive, I think he'll be on the field a little bit more. And you you definitely like the matchup. I think the Bengals have given up 100 rushing yards in four of their five games this year. So that that's definitely nice. Um, Kevin, wh- what say you, man? You're you're usually the guy to not really eat the chalk here. But are you going to dive into the Madison well this week and figure it out elsewhere? You see, hi. The reason you get the way you get over the chalk is by playing more and doubling down on that. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have probably sixty to seventy percent Alexander Madison. It's a fantastic matchup. He is going to see the the majority of the touches in this game. I think it's a game, like I said, that, that if they get up early, that they are going to feed Alexander Madison. He can easily score a couple touchdowns. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I think 25 to 30 touches is in the range of outcomes of him. 7,200 is a little bit high, but kind of like we talked about when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit. What, but I think it's better that he's not 4,500, and, and it came out afterwards because if he was 4,500, he would be 100%. I mean, he would be a guy that's getting played 80 90% this week. So with that, I think it's going to lower the ownership because it's 7,200. There are going to be people that are going to look at him and say, oh, I can't pay $7,200 for Alexander Madison, but – I don't honestly think that Alexander Madison is that big of a drop-off from Dalvin Cook. And so I think they're very similar stylistically in the way that they play. And so I know Norv Turner said that he is not going to change at all his game plan because of Alexander Madison, and that is how he is in him. And so I I, I like Alexander Madison uh, quite a bit. And so uh, I have no problem with paying the $7,200 for Alexander Madison um, as long as Dalvin Cook is out. And it sounds like at this point that he's going to be. Um, I think some of the other options that you can go to this week, uh, for me is one, uh, David Montgomery, as much opportunity and, uh, the dude just this getting fed touches, uh, what he's had, I think 13 targets each of the last or 13 targets over the last two weeks. He is seeing so much volume. It's hard to not play David Montgomery. Uh, now with three Cohen out and they're getting Carolina. Carolina is not good against the run. And so, for me, you know, yeah. So yeah, last week he had eight targets. The week before that, he had six targets. He's had ten receptions, over a hundred yards, and a touchdown uh, through the through the air the last two games. So I think this is a game they can get up. Chicago is uh, has been much much better against the pass than I expected to be this year. I think they're sixth in pass DVOA on the season. So I, I think if if Carolina is going to have any shot, they're going to be able to run the ball because I don't know if they're going to be able to throw the ball against this Bears defense. So. I, I think this could be a game that the Bears are able to get up. I don't. I'm not expecting a high score uh, here. I just feels again much more like a you know 21 to 10 type game, and so for me, that's why I like David Montgomery. If he's going to be utilized in the passing game, if he's going to see this kind of passing volume at his price, it's really hard uh, to get away from that at 5800. You know, paying down in that range, and then I kind of feel the same way about Miles Gaskin at 5400. Like the dude just being fed opportunities each and every week. And so at 5400, I mean, it's not going to take a lot for him to meet value. So uh, against the Jets, I mean, this Jets team is probably about ready to just quit and, and not even try whatsoever. They're, they're missing so many pieces. Now they've gotten rid of Le'Veon Bell. Um, so for Miles Gaskin, like, I mean, he's getting, he's continued to see more and more work. Last week, Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch um, in that game. So last week he had 16 carries. uh, He had five targets. 
totaled 91 yards and a touchdown. You know, he scored double-digit fantasy points in every week but one. He's His role is continuing to grow. Uh, I do like Miles Gaskin. Um, I was hoping Melvin Gordon was going to be suspended and we were going to get to play Philip Lindsay at, at dirt cheap, but it's not going to happen. I don't think so. The NFL is not going to make any move on that until he goes to court. And that's the way it works. Okay. Now, see what I could end up seeing happening here is they're probably going to continue all these court dates out till after the season. Then he'll get suspended next year is what I, I is what I'm starting to think may happen because the NFL won't do anything until after he's been convicted of it or he's went to court for it. As that's the way the NFL does it. And so I have a feeling that they'll just push this thing out till after the season and then he'll go to court for it over the offseason and then he'll get suspended next year and he'll be suspended for the first three games because it's an automatic three-game suspension whenever you get a DUI. So I was hoping to play Philip Lindsay, but we're not going to get that opportunity. Do, do you think because that is hold him out for a quarter or bench him, don't make him the starter or anything crazy like that, or you think he'll just be good to go for this week? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, we haven't heard anything like that. He's been practicing. I, I, I don't see that happening here in this game. I mean, it's, I think if if he if the NFL allows him to play, he's going to play. Forty nine hundred Devonta Freeman. I saw that other you know comment like like and like redraft. Like I, I definitely want you know kind of like Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman. I know everybody thought that he was cooked and that he was going to be complete dust when he came back. To, but, but he looked pretty good last week uh, against us, yeah. and he's getting more and more opportunities. He's he's really kind of taken over this backfield, and the the problem is this this Giants offense is so goddamn bad. I mean they they they, they should have scored so many more points last week. I was tilting my face off whenever uh, he missed Devon or Darius Slayton in the end zone. What uh, would have been an easy <laughs> oh walk in touchdown? Because I had so much what? Darius Slayton last week. So crazy, and he would have paid extremely off that price tag of forty eight hundred last week. I think didn't he have a touchdown called back? Him and Evan Ingram. Both, I thought. Yeah. Had one. Yeah. yeah. Just crazy, man. So, yeah, that, that was definitely tilting. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got that comment in there. Uh, shout out to Will there in the YouTube chat um, for coming in on those comments. I do like what you said about Miles Gaskin, too, Kevin. I was looking at him because I love Fitzpatrick so much. I was like, am I going to have to get leverage with this dude? And I saw that he was fourth in running back receptions. Like, only Kamara, Mike Davis, and Zeke are ahead of him. So, I thought that that was interesting there. Um, for him. So yeah, I mean, at that price tag, I might have to get a little bit of him. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to touch on before we move down to wide receivers. Will also had a question about pivoting off of Rogers and going to Aaron Jones um, off of low ownership. We know that this isn't a team that you necessarily want to run against, but just the, the passing, uh, the receiving work that he's seeing that Jamal Williams is seeing, like, is there any value in taking these guys? And the defense just lost Vita Vea, I think too to the IR as well. So um, can Aaron Jones pay off here? I mean, we talked about this even coming into the season, like it's, it's Adams. And then like, who else is he throwing the ball to? We saw Lazard kind of step up one time, Scantling stepped up one time, but Jones is on the field. Like, and it was tilting, I think against that Atlanta game. I'm not sure what happened. Um, you know, if he got benched because he was celebrating or he pulled out the sunglasses or whatever, but they put in Jamal Williams for basically like a whole quarter and sat him and then he came back. So I, I don't know what you have to worry about there, but I was I just wanted to get that in and see if you guys were interested in getting to him at all. Not at his price. And I feel like if it does, it's gonna be like a kind of like a Miles Sanders situation last week. You know, whenever he you know did nothing but he ended up breaking off a long touchdown run. What was it like a 74 yard touchdown run? But there was, other than that, he didn't do shit. Like this kind of feels like that. Like 
Tampa Bay has still been elite against the run this year. And so yeah. I, I can't, I'm not going to pay up for, for that kind of price for Aaron Jones. Could he get there? Sure. Uh, he is an ultra-efficient running back. And, you know, if he found the end zone two or three times, uh, it could end up paying off. But it's not something that I'm going to count on this week. Right. And and for me, too, I'm looking at the price tag of 7600 there for Jones in that matchup. And, like, why are you not just playing paying down 300 to get Derrick Henry going against Houston? Um, and I, I know that – James Robinson let a lot of people down. He let me down last week, and I don't know what's going on with game scripts with the, with this guy, but we know Derrick Henry is going to be on the field. And this guy, you know, even playing against Buffalo, uh, didn't get there yards-wise, but the red zone opportunities are going to be there. I think he he leads the league in red zone rushes, uh, rushing attempts, that is. Uh, we just know what Derrick Henry offers. And from a DraftKings perspective, I feel like he always goes overlooked because he's not catching passes, but – if he's going up against a you know nuts matchup like this against Houston, who can't stop the run worth a damn, then uh, Tennessee could be in a good spot here, and, and Derrick Henry could also be in a good spot to pay off there. One, one more guy I want to touch on before we move to wide receivers. Uh, interest in Antonio Gibson this week. He's 5,500. Um, I talked about him last week when he was 5K, just with the changing of the guard there and what Kyle Allen did with Christian McCaffrey. And I think we're going to see Kyle Allen again here against the Giants. They got James Bradbury on the other side. Maybe they lean on Gibson a little bit more at 5,500. Any interest there for you guys? I just don't know if he has a ceiling. <laughs> I know. You don't know what it is. I mean, he's consistently seeing like five targets in in the game. So that's nice. But, but McKissick uh, is too, is my, is my yep, issue. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at their, their rushing numbers yeah. like – uh, yeah, it's it's they're you know middle of the pack, so it's not like you're you know thirteen attempts, eleven attempts, nine attempts. I just I don't want to tilt my face off because I'm watching JD McKissick play every snap when they're when they're trailing or whatever. <laughs> right. It's just like right. I can pay three hundred more for David Montgomery, who's going to get eighty five percent of the snaps and see hopefully five plus targets. Yeah, in a good matchup. That's, so that's fair. That's fair. I just I just wanted to, to touch on him as he was kind of in that same price range as Miles Gaskin and other guys we were talking about. Um, he, I mean, he, 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 he is interesting. I mean, if you look at some of his numbers, yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's getting interesting. like he's actually he's actually sixth in the league in goal line carries. He's at full five goal line carries this year. Now, how much are they going to get in the, uh, into that situation to be able to do that? But regardless of that, you know, um, he's 13th in yards per reception and 10th in yards per route run. Matt, um, Matt, you need salary savings to fit the guys, bro. I'm trying to help you out. Uh, I've got salary <laughs> savings just in different positions. Oh man, that's funny. What, um, what, what do you guys think ahead. though about Joe Mixon though? That that that's kind of somebody that that I think at a pretty solid price. It's, what it's sixty two hundred. I can't do it against Indy. Like I don't know though. Like I I feel like like Kareem I Hunt would have smashed at the are, same price last week, right? Are they? Are they as good as they played? Because like they've played some pretty ass teams. Like it's not like they've been out here playing the best best offenses in the league. And so is some of it like like I, I'm not like so like I do not want I the, the the Colts defense is not the best defense in the league. I don't even think no, they're a no. top five defense in the league, right? <laughs> I no, think some they're... of it's been been matchup dependent on on why it looks like this. So it could be misleading. So where people are going to say, oh, "I'm not playing," I'm not playing Joe Mixon. Like I can't play Joe Mixon against the Colts. And I think what, what people say that I think that's a mistake. And I think Joe Mixon, he's now being utilized much more in the passing game, and. 
that's kind of what we've been waiting for Joe Mixon because of the past couple of years, they just been reluctant to use him as a pass catcher. And if he's going to start getting that role as well, because last week, um, I think Gio Bernard barely played last week and he finally, Mm -hmm. they finally kind of conceded to Joe Mixon as the pass catcher. And over the last couple of weeks, you know, he's had eight and six targets, six receptions. He's still getting 87% of the snaps, 77% of the snaps. I mean, he is a true workhorse. And if he's going to be getting, 30 touches a game at 6,200. I don't hate that matchup, you know, and I, I'm not as scared of, of, of facing the Colts defense with Joe Mixon, especially if he's going to get this kind of passing volume. So, <laughs> no, but some the, the Colts have actually played a couple good running backs. They James Robinson in week one, he was, I mean, he was okay. Dalvin Cook, they played in week yeah. two. Uh, they just played Kareem Hunt last week. It's been, They've so the design of the Colts defense is to keep everything in front of them, right? And and limit the big plays. So like guys are having okay games. So like I could see Mixon, you know, maybe rushing for 60 or 70 yards and a touchdown, but I just don't know he's gonna have that ceiling game that gets me there. Um just because of the design of the Colts defense. Like I think they held Dalvin Cook to 60 something rushing yards off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've allowed a 100-yard rusher uh, no. all year. Um, Cause I think the, the other thing, too, is like with, with him, well, with him as well, is that like we've, we've continued to see it. Like even when they're down, they continue to feed the rock to Joe Mixon. Last right. week, they lost to Baltimore 27-3. to He still had 24 attempts plus six receptions. Uh, yeah. he, he, they, they just feed him no matter what. Like it doesn't matter the game script. So Part it's not to is- worry about getting get him game scripted out of it. I saw somebody was complaining. They were like, we're down by 37 and we're running the ball. And part of it is they wanted to to prevent Joe Burrow from getting laid on his ass again because the Ravens just kept sacking right. him over and over. And it's just – it gets to the point where they got to protect Burrow, right? So Mixon is going to – he's going to get his touches. Like he's pretty locked into that game script independent of. So – yeah, I think you, I think you can definitely you know, and you you play a lot more teams too, Kev. So I think getting to some mixing you know definitely makes a ton of sense. But on single entries and stuff like that, I don't know if you necessarily need to get there to to play him. But to have some exposure to him, I think does make make some sense there on that side of the ball. Um, let's let's talk about wide receivers as we're moving along here and you know shout out to everybody who's there watching us dj nation pod at dj nation pod on twitter is where you can find us you're watching us on periscope or on facebook or the youtube channel the fantasy authority youtube channel is where you can find all the content we got Devonte adams the cover boy he's back uh maddie's chomping at the bit to talk about him kev i'll let you start it off though this week you you talked about how calvin ridley is not really an alpha which i agree with you i think we talked last week about you know how ridley as a one-off really doesn't make sense if you're playing him you really want to play matt ryan on the other side because the those two kind of correlate together um adam thielen 7300 in a great matchup your boy alan robinson going against carolina at 7k curious to see if you're getting any exposure to him but um, talk to me about these top guys and just where your process is right now leading you with wide receivers. Chris Godwin uh, is fucking ridiculously priced at like 6,400. There's just no way. Like I, I'm going to have so much Chris Godwin at 6,400. Like He has routinely <laughs> been a 7K, upper 7K wide receiver. Dude, we've I love talk- that game so much, man. I love we've talked, so yeah, well, we've talked about Mike Evans, and Mike Evans just hasn't been very good this year outside of the touchdowns. Uh, I hope that he's out there to take some of the coverage away from Chris Godwin, but 
Chris Godwin, you know, he is back. He's practicing, so he should be good to go against Green Bay. I think if it's going to be a high-scoring game, Chris Godwin is going to see a large number of targets. And at 6,400, he can absolutely annihilate that that prize. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of Chris Godwin. Adam Thielen. 7300 I, I I could easily pay that price for him. Uh, I would much rather pay 7300 for Adam Thielen or than, than paying the extra $500 to get to Calvin Ridley on the opposite side. Um, it does, honestly, I don't know if Julio is going to play because if Julio was playing, $6,700 Julio is like so enticing because he's always like a 75, 7800 wide receiver. Uh, getting him at 6700 would be, but he has not practice now they have shut down their practice facility because there was a positive test among their facility and i don't know if he's so but he did not practice prior to this i don't know if he's going to get out there and play this week i could see them holding him back but i just think this offense is completely different without julio on the field and so with that like i can't play i'm not going to be playing calvin ridley if he if he burns me for two touchdowns so be it but i i'm just not i'm not going to go there um you know, uh, Kenny Galladay uh, is somebody I'm definitely going to be looking to stack with with, like, with my Matt Stafford. Love yeah. love Kenny Galladay. Now he's he should be 100% healthy after coming off the bye. I think you could run it, you know, also if you're wanting to run two. I don't hate Marvin Jones, but I also think uh, TJ Hawkinson is, an, is another way you could go in that okay. game. Um, and Justin Jefferson, I also think that he is in play. He's going to be somebody that let people down after pl- probably people that played him on Sunday night you know, and showdown and stuff like that after that he did not have a great performance against them. But, you know, I, there's nobody on this Atlanta secondary that I'm afraid of. The only, again, the only thing that I would be afraid of is are they going to have to throw the ball that much? And if they don't, that could end up negatively affecting Justin Jefferson. And I think the last one for me would probably be somebody like A.J. Brown. Uh, we saw him back last week. They are just missing so many pieces on that offense. It's basically him Janu and and Derrick Henry and that's it. But in terms of the passing game, it's just literally them two. So he could end up seeing 30, 35% of the targets here against Houston. I think the pace should be pretty nice in this game. So I, I do like I do have some interest in AJ Brown as well. Is uh is Corey Davis activated off of the COVID list yet, or is he still go- dealing with that? I just didn't know if you guys had heard anything there with him. AJ AJ Brown should see Joseph right on the other side there. I'm not sure. I'm not uh, sure. I think it's. I think it's. Hang on. I got. It. I have it up right here. About to pull it. Yeah, up. I was just curious about his matchup because 5600 is a nice price tag for him. Uh, but it's Br- Bradley Roby. He's going to shoot. Bradley Roby. Okay. Yeah. That's what PFF uh, has. Yeah, that, that, so Corey. That, so Corey Davis has not been activated yet, but it sounds like he could have been activated Tuesday. Uh, he was uh, eligibly activated, but he was not activated. So yeah, at this point, he has not been. Okay. Yeah, it'd be even more even more reason why I'd want to play him. I mean, these guys like Raymond and the other guys that they're running out there just can't compete with what AJ Brown can do. So, but yeah, 5,600 for AJ Brown's ridiculous. Um, I love that you brought up Marvin Jones, Kev, uh, 5,100. I just think that this could be the, the Brandon cooks of this week. This dude's been on the field. He's not seeing, you know, he's not seeing targets, but he's on the field 97% of the time. So like, He's gonna be out there, and and you know maybe they've been working Kenny Dal- Kenny Galladay back in, and he's been getting you know the touches there. But against Jacksonville, I mean they they got to give it up big games to T Higgins and Adam Humphreys, and they gave up a touchdown to Preston Williams. So secondary guys against Jacksonville have have definitely feasted, and we just saw what Brandon Cooks did too, uh, and Randall Cobb was getting there as well. So definitely secondary guys love that. Um, 
who else that one? Oh, Devontae Parker. I mean, I like running him with uh, if I'm playing Fitzpatrick, got to play Devontae Parker. He's 6,300. He's the alpha there. He's, you know, leading the team in air yards and he him and Fitzpatrick seem to have a rapport. So I like that. And then the run back on the other side, I feel like I have to get Jamison Crowder in there. He's 6,100. So he's priced up. But this guy literally is doing everything like it, it just is, is ridiculous. I mean, 13 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets, 20 DK points in every game or higher. They don't have Bell anymore. Like they they have to feed him the rock while he's out there. He's literally their entire offense and the only way that they can do anything. Um, and you've you've been able to, you know, he's paid off that price tag. He, he should have been higher. He's been around the 5K range pretty much all year. Um, but, you know, they priced him up a little bit higher there. So I like getting some exposure to him on the other side of that game. Um, and then, you know, maybe going to a guy like Keelan Cole here at 4,900. Um, I didn't have him written down, but he was just on the outside for me. If Chark is not able to go here um, and you're getting Keelan Cole, he's he's been, you know, seeing his fair share of targets on this team. Even when he's out there, he's got red zone targets to go along with that. I think three touchdowns on the year um, that he's seen. So he could be an interesting cheap one off. Uh, guy that you can get but yeah Kev I mean the 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 two pairings there that you you're talking about with uh Justin Jefferson and and Adam Thielen and then uh also for me Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones just make a ton of sense Maddie what say you at wide receivers where are you looking at this this week talk me off of lock buttoning Juice Landry at 4900 oh boy Randall Randall Cobb four for 95 and one Travis Fogelman played over half his snaps in the slot, 10 for 152 and 1. Jerry Judy, 4 for 62 and 0. And then back in week one, they played the Giants, who don't even really – they're awful. And Sterling Shepard went 647 and 0. I mean, 4,900, likely, I would assume, playing from behind. One of the higher total games of the week, a 51 total. It's a close spread, too. It's only three points. So if Cleveland's going to keep it close, they're going to have to throw the ball because Pittsburgh has – been the best run defense in the NFL. And yeah, I mean, slots against Pittsburgh has been a thing. So 4,900, I think Jarvis Landry is one of the best point per dollar plays on the slate. It's still Baker on the other side going against Pittsburgh. They get pressure. It, it is. It is. But at the same time, I mean, I think the volume is going to be there uh, with, especially with Chubb out. I don't think they're just going to pound hunt and Dearness into the end of the line over and over again. Um, and that's definitely been the matchup to attack. Pittsburgh has been in this in the slot. I mean, if Wentz and Fulgham can do it for ten for one fifty two, I think uh, I think Baker and Landry can at least you know pay off a forty nine hundred dollar price tag. So um, he's definitely one of my value plays. I, I mentioned all the high price guys that I like, so he's definitely one of the guys to to fit in um, the the more expensive guys. And then uh, I'm curious what your you guys thoughts on Juju is. Uh, because he gets another great slot matchup on the other side of that game. Um, Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown against uh, Cleveland. Um, CeeDee Lamb caught two touchdowns against them. So it's been, you know, slots have eaten against Cleveland too. It's just the usage for Juju has been so concerning. His ADOT is like, what, four yards? And his, and his volume is not really high either. So Right. He's got a his price tag is not I mean he's like sixty six hundred so I mean you're paying for him too but if I like Big Ben and I like that game I kind of have to play Juju right uh, I uh, it's it's tough Matty because I play I played him last week man and I mean even with Slay going out 
Um, but they were just able to get Claypool whatever he wanted. But that that's the kind of thing about Ben, though, too, is that like he will make he just takes whatever the defense gives him, right? So, like, if he sees a matchup that he likes, you're not guarding it. Like, I'm not – it doesn't matter if yeah. it's Juju. doesn't matter if it's Claypool. doesn't matter if it's Ebron. Like, I'm just going to the best thing that I see on the other side of the field. And so, like you're saying, if the slot ends up being attackable, then Juju will get there, you know, and, and people will not play that price for him. And so it, it just is a matter of what the builds, you know, can get you to, Maddie, because that price at 6,600, there's still, you know, DraftKings being stingy, man. They don't want to they don't want to drop him down because he's been floating around this price all year, 6,500, 6,600. So it, it is frustrating when you're looking at, you know, where he comes in at and and why is, you know, why is Brown not priced higher than him? You know, why, why is Phil Beckham not priced higher than him? Parker just has been eating too, and and Juju really hasn't given us much to deal with. But because he plays in that Pittsburgh offense, and what the connotation goes with that, um, I think he's all. I think he's always in play. I think there's no way you can play a Ben stack and not get some exposure to him. But it just is tough to get there um, this week. Yeah, I feel like. and, and that game stack is cheap too. So I really like that game. And so it's a, like yeah. I said, it's a close spread, and the totals over fifty, and nobody's going to game stack that game. So and we just saw Philly yeah. able to keep it close, and their offense sucks. So right. I mean, su- surprisingly, no. Cleveland is averaging over thirty points a game. Like, so I, yeah. I think that game does have sneaky shootout potential, and you can stack Big Ben, Juju, Ebron, and run it back with Landry, and you've got a you know a pretty reasonable price game stack there. So yeah, I mean, and- why go? Why go him? Why would you go Juju? And why not just play Deontay Johnson, who looked like he's going to be back at 4,900? He's substantially Yeah, oh, yeah you can play him too. But, I mean, how much slot work is he going to get? Because that's the matchup. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter against Cleveland. <laughs> They're all, they all suck. But it, <laughs> it's just – it's been slot receivers that have torched them this year. Slots and tight ends. So right, but, but Juju – He's not even like I mean he's 45th in routes run this year. Like he's not like and he's 49th in targets. He's only averaged 47 rece- he has 188 receiving yards on 21 receptions. Just fucking ridiculous. I know like, his his, I w- his usage that's what I said. His usage has been terrifying. Like I don't know what they're doing with him, but I mean at the same time it's Juju, right? Like we know how talented he is. But sure, I mean, this is now like, but is he though? Like, you have to start asking yourself this. Like, we are now in two years in a row of, well, year and a half uh, of of him looking like this, where he's just he's not been the guy oh, that he yeah, was. Don't, when, bring, don't bring up last year when he's playing with Mason Rudolph, bro. Delvin Hodges, bro. Don't bring. But that it still up. hasn't changed that. though. It still hasn't changed though. Like he's still yeah. he's, he's still doing the same thing as he did. Like that's the problem. It, it, we're not seeing like a, a bounce back. We're not seeing something that looks better because. Uh, you know, he still just looks like the same guy. Like he he's not been efficient. He's the least efficient wide receiver in the league right now. And he plays 73% of his snaps from the slot. So and paying sixty seven hundred dollars for that, like unless he's gonna get absolutely peppered with targets, that would only be it would only be in a game stack for me. I would not play him over a Galladay or yeah, you, you know, any of those guys like that. It would solely be if I'm playing Big Ben. And, right. you know, that's the, it's just been slots. Like, I think Juju can legitimately catch two touchdowns. And, like, he doesn't need 100 yards at that point if he catches two touchdowns. Sure. 
It, no, I, I, I hear you, Maddie. And like I said, I mean, I tried to get there last week with Darius Slacy and Deontay, and it just was so frustrating to see the usage because I thought he would be able to, to eat there. And, and I think we do have to wonder, too, about this knee injury that he's had lingering pretty much the entire year. This dude has limited practice pretty much all week, and then he still shows up there on the field on Sundays, but maybe that is, you know, hindering him more than, than they're letting on. And that's what's causing them. And and they really haven't needed to use him. Kev, like Deontay was picking up the slack for him early on in the year. Then last week, even with Deontay out, like Claypool comes in there like fresh, pretty much not getting any run at all and just eat. So, you know, maybe, maybe they feel like he's not 100% and they're kind of, Ben is just taking it easy on him. Uh, so to what speak. is, go ahead, Kev. Well, what is, what is Claypool's ownership? Does anybody know? Uh, I can pull it up real quick. Just give me. It's, it's got to be higher wait. than what it should be. Is all I can say. I I can't wait to see it because it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Uh, Kev, while while Maddie's looking that up, we'll ask the question about AJ Green um, at thirty nine hundred, but he's completely washed, right? I don't know if he's washed. I I just think that it doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. I know he came out and said. I guess they somebody asked him if he wanted to be there, and he said, "Yeah." But like he literally was on the sidelines. You could see him. It looked like exactly like he was saying, why don't they just trade me? Like, you know, like he does not seem like he really wants to be there. So could you play AJ Green at 3,900? You could. Would I? No. Like, I I just don't think he has that sort of upside in him. Like, right. I mean, I don't think you see anything that, that would say that T Higgins has completely taken that job from him. And so, no, I, I couldn't do, uh, AJ Green at 3,900. I've got a seven percent clay pool, by the way. It's still too okay. much. That's still too high. Yeah, that's not. It's not as crazy as what I thought it would be, but it's still it's still too much for me, especially at right. his price. Especially with Deontay back. Yeah, like I and, think and, I think Claypool's legit. Like he's a really good athletic freak of a wide receiver. Like he's a baller. But I think that there's like you've got Ebron, you've got Juju, you've got Deontay, you've got Claypool. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, and any given week. Like any given week, it can be anybody. So, right, fifty two hundred, I'll pass. It's just going to be funny to see how many people play him as a one off because that that's what happened last week is that you got there by just playing him and not in a game stack or not in you know not anything crazy like that. So if Juju does go out there and catch two or Deontay gets one and Ebron gets one and you know you pay him and maybe yeah he does score one but it might not be enough to to carry teams outside of a game stack than what we saw last week. Um let's let's move on to tight ends guys as I know we're we're getting over the the hour mark here as we wrap up this podcast but let's get over the tight ends and it's pretty straightforward this week so I I really do want to touch on this as we get Mark Andrews at the top and then your next highest price tight end is Mike Gusecki at 5,500 we don't have a Kittle we don't have Kelsey Um, Zach Ertz is all the way down at 5,000 because he just hasn't looked right at all this whole season so we get guys like Janu in between there Robert Tanyan's on the slate at 5,100. Hawkinson at 5,300. I heard you mention him, Kev. So I'm curious to hear what you guys are doing because basically for me, I'm looking at the top and I'm saying, okay, can I get Mark Andrews in there? I love just the only thing that seems to be right in that Ravens offense is that Mark Andrews is getting open and Lamar is able to find him in the end zone. Um, that, that's pretty much what's working for him. But I'm looking at guys like, like Trey Burton this week, and it sounds ugly, but, dude, you're looking at – he's come off the – injury report and he's got 11 targets 
Um, the Cincinnati team, you know, is, is dealing with some injuries on that side. And we know we've talked before about how much Matt Ryan or Matt Ryan, how much Phillip Rivers has loved targeting the tight ends here. And if this guy is going to have a significant role, um, I, I, I like getting some exposure to him. He's second on the team and targets since coming back uh, to T.Y. Hilton. And it, I just need to find salary savings somewhere. So I'm looking at him. Um, in a game that they could, you know, go up and, and be leaning on him. And Mo Ali Cox seems to not be getting it done. They're not using him at least at all. But uh, the other guy is Irv Smith. And I was wondering what his price tag was going to be because they waited to release the prices and they jacked up Alexander Madison. But Irv Smith is the bare minimum at 2500 on DraftKings. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm looking for him. I'm looking at Kyle Rudolph. He's still in the 3600 range. But you get Irv Smith for dead cheap. And this dude, it, it seemed like he had a role in their last game. I don't know if that's going to translate any, but, you know, if he's doing that same type of production, getting, you know, a couple of catches there for 80 some yards or whatever it was, and you pretty much anybody can have their way against this Atlanta team, then I do like getting to some Irvis Smith at 2,500. Yes, please. You're pretty much playing a men price defense to to get a tight end in there who could see production and, and could get a touchdown. So, um it, yeah, tight end is, is ugly for me, but I'm curious to hear where you guys at. Maddie, pick it up for me. Uh, I mentioned Ebron against Cleveland. Cleveland's been ever since last year into this year. They're giving up the most fantasy points to the tight end position. So everybody played Ebron last week. This feels like the Brandon Cooks of last week, right, where everybody right. played him the week before and he dudded in a good spot. And then you come back and nobody's playing him in a really good spot and he catches, you know, Ebron can catch two touchdowns just like Juju can in this matchup. So I like him at 4,100. Um, and then it's hard, really hard to get off Mark Andrews, especially if you have to play him if you're playing Lamar. Uh, you right. know, the Eagles Eagles gave up a touchdown to Logan Thomas in week one. They gave up three touchdowns to Higby. They gave up that ridiculous 150 yards and a touchdown to Kittle game. So, you know, Eagles have been susceptible to tight end. So, yeah, Mark Andrews and, and Ebron, and I think that's – you know, the two where I'm going to be. Um, and I, I have seen that Irv Smith is going to be pretty popular this week. So uh, yeah, I think he was projected the highest on tight end when I um, last looked. So I feel like that's just chasing like, cause he hasn't, he hadn't been involved at no, all prior to, which is ridiculous because he is a super athletic sure. tight end. Like I wish he would be the starting tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, but he hadn't done anything and it really wasn't given any opportunity or routes. He, he wasn't doing anything until last week. And it kind of came out of nowhere that he, they finally decided to, to do something with him. So I, I feel like that's just completely chasing it. Like, like chasing him. If he's going to be the highest owned, like it's also too what I, like what I said about, you know, how tough it is to build teams this week because everybody costs so much. Everybody's going to try to save it tight end. So, you know, right. paying, paying up a little more, you're going to have a pretty different build. Right. Which is which is why, you know, I did like Burton. But I mean, twenty five hundred for him, you know, if you're you know, if you're building some head to head teams and you feel confident with them, you're building cash teams. That's fine. But, yeah, if you're in a large tourney pool or whatever and you see a tight end that's going to get anywhere from like 15, 16, 20 percent ownership, that's not, you know, George Kittle um, then or Travis Kelsey, then, you you know, you got to look elsewhere for sure, um, because you'll just be that much higher. Uh, over the field on guys who who score more points. And I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be the optimal play, but it is interesting at that price tag. Uh, Kev, what say you at tight ends before we get into defenses here? Well, one, I have no problem. I mean, I 
Johnny Smith on a weekly basis just crushes. It's yeah, fifty two hundred. I still th- I think he he should actually probably be priced higher than that um, with the opportunities that he's given. Uh, he's clearly their their red zone threat. I mean, he is super explosive. He is uh, just just been a baller this year. So fifty two hundred there. I also kind of like. Uh, I'm probably going to go right back to the well. Maybe I just hate myself, but on Evan Ingram, I'm going to I'm going to play him again. Washington <laughs> has been terrible against tight ends yep. uh, this year. Um, they have allowed on the season the third most DK points. They've given up the fourth most receiving yards, uh, tied for the third most touchdowns to the position. So I know that there's probably going to be some people that aren't going to want to play him because of what he did last week. You know, he's still playing 85% of the snaps. I have no idea why he only saw two targets last week, considering the, the so frustrating. You know, what was frustrating. But Jason Garrett's an idiot. Well, yeah. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I just think this is a great matchup for them uh, or for him. And so I don't think anybody's going to be playing Evan Ingram this week. And I think this maybe this is the way. I, I guess you, I guess I'm going to just gonna be chasing Evan Ingram because eventually he's going to go off. And at 4,900, I just still think he's too right. cheap. You're chasing Evan, I'm chasing Lamar. <laughs> I, I'll chase a $4,900 tight end all day over a over a $7,700 quarterback. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like with Lamar too, uh, Kev, I think that was an anomaly too that we saw last week. And even in an anomaly where he's only seeing two targets, he gets the rushing touchdown. And like we said, he had the touchdown called back on the fake field goal or whatever play that was that they had. So it's like if he would have scored that, then you're looking at double digit points off of only two tar- or three targets, I guess, is what it would really account to. But um, people would look at that and be like, oh, wow, he got, you know, 17 or 18 DraftKings points for me. So maybe I'll go there. But they're looking at it, two targets and 9.5. I think they'll just be like, oh, nah, never mind. It's the Giants. Forget it. So, yeah, no, the other one, I, uh, TJ Hawkinson is the other one. If I can get up yep. to him at 5,300 at 50, uh, against Jacksonville, I love that matchup, too. Yeah, he's he's got a nice price there too, and I think he could he could definitely could go overlooked there. Um, let's touch on defense real quick before we build the before we build our Degen Nation Pod team. Punt, 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 punt. <laughs> and I hear Maddie in the background there, a little white noise. I couldn't know what that was. I couldn't see what that was coming through. But uh, punting defense this week. So you know, we talk about defense uh, all week, and you know, can you pay, you know, can you pay up or is there a defense that you feel comfortable with? And Maddie, I think it was the first time that last week I got to you to even say that you're remotely interested in paying, you know, 29 or 3000 for a defense. Cause you just didn't feel a bit about any of the bottom ones. So here we are again. And, and so many good defenses, right. Quote unquote, like so many defenses that people want to pay up for Baltimore against Philly that just went dumb against Cincinnati. Patriots are back on the slate. Everybody always wants to play them. They're 4,100. Colts getting pressure against Cincinnati, 4,000. And then you get to like the Packers against Tampa Bay, which I don't really understand how they're 3,700. But Pittsburgh, um, Broncos, Bears, you know, and then you you get into this range down low. So I'm I'm looking at this and I've kind of pulled it up and I was just like, okay, I mean, I guess I'm interested in the Dolphins at 2,900. Can I get any cheaper than that? Um, I'm looking at the Bengals against Indy going against Phillip Rivers. They're 2,100 Rivers. And, you know, I, I hate to try and say trap game for them because, you know, this, what Vegas is saying doesn't equate to that. But if they could, 
if Burrow is going to attempt the ball and he could somehow, you know, get things right here and Zach Taylor can figure this thing out, keep it close here, 2100. They are missing those interior linemen that I, that we touched on, but they did get Geno Atkins back last week. So you're hoping that they can, you know, get something right there. And at 2100 going against Phillip Rivers, who can make mistakes, I mean, I just I just don't know. And th- this is a week especially where and I paid for the Chiefs last week. I'll own it like thirty five hundred against the Raiders. I was like, how can they let me down? They did. So I'm all, so I'm also about paying for defense. Um, but you're looking at this and I mean, Ravens at forty five hundred like, dude, they have to go bananas to really pay off their Colts four thousand. I, against against Cincinnati, I mean, yeah, it could it could work for you, but like you have to get all your other cheap plays right because you're not going to be able to pay up for these guys. Maddie, you take it over for me. Yeah, no. So I just wanted to touch on two things. Like last week, you know, we called the Browns D, and they ended up being you know the nuts That's at it, defense yeah. at twenty seven hundred. And on my main team last week, I actually played the Raiders defense against the Chiefs at Men Price because okay. the rest of my team was all the guys that I wanted to play on my main team. So it's I, this week is going to be the exact same. I'm going to fit in my position players first. And it's for me, it, my builds have come down to 2,300 and 2,100 left. And it's Vikings and Bengals down there. And those, it's just, I need the salary elsewhere. I'm not going to punt tight end like everybody else in the field is going to do. I'm going to punt defense because, I mean, a, any defense can get you four points and any defense can get you 15. Just a matter of getting lucky with a defensive touchdown here or there and getting a couple sacks and an interception. Yeah, so, yeah I, I'm punting defense. I, I like the Bengals. Uh, I like the Vikings call. I do like the Dolphins at 2,900. And if I'm going to pay for a defense in the three low 3K range, I, I actually don't hate the Giants. Um, they're 3,200 yeah. uh, against Washington. So, yeah, uh, that, that's probably where I, I'm going to be at. Yeah, I, I, I really just I, I just don't see this week with so many guys in such favorable spots at the top at the skill positions. Yeah how you can justify it. And if I get beat by, you know, Miles Boykin going dumb and it's Chase Claypool week for him, then, then so be it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really like getting to the Bengals there and, and, and building it up. Okay. So that is going to do it for the week six DFS breakdown, but not before we get to build our team on DraftKings and we're coming back again, guys, we need to, we really need to regroup here because our past couple teams, we, we made, we made some adjustments on game day and we tweeted those out from the, from the DJ Nation Pod Twitter handle for those of you guys who have been asking about the show and or asking about the show team and whatnot. Uh, we're getting those out there for you. But guys, we need to rebound this week and, and come up with a solid, solid build here so we can get back into the green here. So let's get into it. Uh, we're playing this in the $5 single entry. I think it's the huddle on DraftKings here. Um, we'll tweet out the roster, especially if it has somebody who's questionable or if there's changes that need to be made off of a particular game. We'll make sure to do that. But uh, let's start it off, and um, Kev, why don't you start it off this week? Uh, Chris Godwin. All right, so we got Chris Godwin in at 6,400. That's eight more positions to fill. Maddie, Devontae Adams. Oh, baby. We got the stat going. Uh, I'm going to say we play Brady with Godwin. Instead of Rogers with Adams. So right now we got Tom Brady, Godwin, Adams, 4850 per player left. We still got running backs, wide receiver, tight end, flex, defense to fill. Well, I wanted to play Alexander Madison, but I'm not gonna do it, especially if you're playing in a single entry because he's probably gonna be like 
40% owned in a single yep. entry. So I'm going to go against that. And I'm going to lock in David Montgomery. Okay. 5,800 for David Montgomery. Still got about 4,660 per player left. Let's say you, Maddie. Let's go, uh, let's go Jarvis Landry. Okay. Jarvis Landry, we got him in at 4,900. So we got 46 per left. I kind of want to play somebody else with Brady if we're pl- playing him, but Gronk is questionable. I saw he was limited this week. I, w- I won't talk about Bray, but uh, I'm going to put in Ingram right now at 4,900 at that price. That leaves us 4,500 for running back flex and defense. So we will have stuff. We will have some money left over if we do punt defense for sure. I'll put in the Bengals right now. That gives us 5,700 for our running back and our flex position. Kev, what are you looking at? Flex or running back? Or both, I guess. Well, I don't think we can get high enough on a a running back to get to the point. So I was thinking about going Joe Mixon. 5,200 left for you, Maddie, if you don't uh, dispute. Well, I guess we're playing the Bengals defense. So, yeah, let's just ride it with Joe Mixon, you know? Is uh have y'all seen an update on Chark? I saw that he uh I think he was a do not practice this week or did not practice. Yeah, didn't participate in Thursday's practice. Let's go with uh Chenault fifty two hundred against Detroit. Oh, Chenault over your boy Keelan Cole. Yeah. Okay. I had some I had some Chenault last week. I just didn't have enough Brandon Cooks to run it back with too much Will Fuller. You like what he's seeing, right? Target target wise, and yeah, his his usage is starting to go up every single week. Every every week, his targets have increased, and he's being used, you know, kind of as the alpha wide receiver. Now I know Chark has been banged up. He left the game early last week, but I mean, Chenault was, I mean, he was heavily involved. Eight targets, seventy yards. Kev, if I go down to Bright, if for some reason, Gronk is out. Would you want to move up Mixon? Or do you want to keep her for now and just kind of monitor that situation? If you're going to go to Brait, I'd rather play Marquise Brown in the flex or Jonathan Taylor in the flex. One of those two as a, over uh, over Chenault. I just wanted to see if he I, – I don't know if he sounded too confident about that Mixon call. but Actually, we could go Derrick Henry if we did that. Oh, we're 100 off from – AJ Brown. I mean, you you still got to think about Tanner Hudson, right? <laughs> For Tampa Bay too. Like, what was that? The dude was getting run over Bright. That was or with Bright on the field, they were running some twelve personnel there um, with Gronk, Bright, Gronk, Hudson, Hudson, Bright. So that's an interesting thing that's going on in Tampa Bay. But we could leave some money on the table, and if you wanted to go AJ Brown, because I don't hate James Robinson, so we could always go there. Yeah, I yeah. like. I'm good with that. Yeah. Go AJ Brown in the flex, or actually I'll put Godwin in the flex with the later start. So the team that we have right now, we got Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, I just want to get these players in before I forget. Okay. Tom Brady at quarterback, David Montgomery and James Robinson are the running backs. AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry at the wide receivers, Cameron Braid at tight end, Chris Godwin. In the flex, Bengals D, $300 left over, $5 single entry, going in, submit, and that is that. And that is going to give us a cap on the 
week six DFS DraftKings breakdown here from the DJ Nation pod. And guys, I've been I've been pretty bad about it. But you guys got any final words before we sign off? I haven't been letting you guys get a final word and chime in. Kev, you want anything? Want to say anything about Bell? Maddie, you want to say anything about Lamar? I, I want an open apology from Kevin next week when <laughs> Lamar goes for 37 DraftKings points on Sunday. That's not going to happen. I mean, I'll give I'll, he, but he ain't scoring those kind of points. So, so you're going to give an ap- apology? No, because it was it's still a fish take. It was just it was just. But I do appreciate <laughs> yeah, it, you. It's a fish take if I predict he's going to go go nuclear and then and then he goes nuclear. But uh, yeah, it's fine. But I do appreciate you paying the rake this week. I do appreciate that. Okay, we'll see. Yes, love that, love that. And uh, yeah, I'm always right. Just remember that. <laughs> oh, that's where we that's where we got to sign it off. There, it's the DraftKings. It's the I can't even do it because he's got me all flustered. It's the Degen Nation Pod, guys, powered by the TFA, the Fantasy Authority. We appreciate we appreciate everybody who's been coming in all year, uh, joining us for all six weeks. Uh, episode 84. So we're, you know, we're grinding them out. We're, we're getting through the season and we're, you know, along for the ride as this season has been a wild one, but we appreciate it. And we appreciate seeing all the chatter guys. If you want more of the Degen nation chatter, reach out to us. We can get you into our Slack channel. It's been fun to talk about showdown slates or what's going on the season or how teams are doing or who's winning pools and who's, just everything. And we even start to the questions. Those things are coming in too. So reach out to us at DJ Nation Pod, or you can reach out to any one of the three of us and we'll figure out how to get you in there. But until then, signing off for Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS, Kevin Steele, the Godfather at Fantasy Rat 13, and myself, Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W. That's going to do it for week six. And we will see you guys next week for week seven of the week seven DraftKings breakdown. Until then, Get that money. We out. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? When you better get used to the way the war about. I see what you got. Invasions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. Yeah. That's a break, little man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.